The Roots team is proud to bring you Strengthen Your Roots, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into connecting with teammates on topics like leadership, as well as personal and professional skill building. Welcome back to Strengthen Your Roots, or for first-time listeners, welcome to the show. We're glad you're joining us today. I am Brianne Ripperger, and I am very excited to kick off our fourth installment of the Leadership Series by welcoming Senior Vice President of the North Business Development Unit, Wes Chambers. Wes, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. As with previous episodes, we want listeners to know your journey and gain insight in how we can strive to be leaders, whether in a formal role or in our everyday lives. Um, so before diving into, into questions, would you give us a brief professional and personal bio? First, Bray, I'm very glad to be here. This was an exciting. I got this opportunity and I, was, I jumped at it. It's fun to, to get down and sit down with you and, and talk about uh, my journey a little bit and, and some insights on leadership. So again, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my background, I, I came to Farm Credit clear back in 1999. I, I, I graduated from uh, Brookings, headed up, but I was working as an ag loan officer in Millbank, South Dakota. From there, I transitioned and was managing a couple small branch banks in Britain and Sisseton, South Dakota. And I had a had a, a friend that used to work at Farm Credit Services of America by the name of Bob Sapp. And Bob Sapp reached out to me and said, hey, we have some opportunities at Farm Credit in the crop insurance. I used to write crop insurance. I wrote a lot of it back in the day. And uh, Bob got me connected uh, with Bob Schmidt. And uh, I was lucky enough to secure one of those uh, insurance positions way back when there was only about five people in crop insurance and Farm Credit. It's changed a lot. But I think there was five of us at that time. And, and that's how I got to Farm Credit. Um, that was 1999, which time has flown. But from there, then I uh, got a chance to be the director of insurance back then, um, which that job essentially allowed me to, to lead crop insurance, promote crop insurance, educate people on crop insurance, but I didn't have any direct reports. They all still reported to other leaders. Did that for uh, a couple of years, and then I became the uh, what used to be the vice president of insurance for the North. Did that until 2008. I've always wanted to get back into the lending side. That's what I grew up in. Back when I went to college, my first jobs were in ag lending. Wanted to get back into that opportunity. Got a chance to lead uh, Sioux Falls and Mitchell offices. And I was fortunate enough to get that position. From there, rolled to um, uh, through Team Deliver. That expanded out, added Yankton. And then last year, um, I was fortunate enough to be selected in the senior leader role for the North. That's a long story, through, uh, a long answer to a short question, but that is my background here. Well, great. You've had a great resume here with Farm Credit Services of America. Um, so looking back, when you were first beginning your career, did you always aspire to get into leadership? No, it, it, it's, it's kind of funny you ask that. I, I, uh, I tell people this story quite often. When I, when I came to Farm Credit Services of America, I was working, like I said, up in northern South Dakota in a couple of small branch banks for Marquette Bank at the time. And I just knew that wasn't what I wanted. I was looking for something different. I was looking to get back closer to agriculture because that's my roots. And um, I was more or less looking for a job when I came to Farm Credit. And uh, I got a job, obviously, and, and I got here. And what was fun is the, the organization at that time was said, hey, we got this team culture. We're, we're promoting team this, team that. Uh, and I'm like, it's great, but I just wanted a job, right? So after hanging out for a while, I started to say, this company's pretty serious about this team culture thing. So I fell in love with the culture first. I, didn't, I don't think I've ever said to myself, I want to be a leader. I, I aspire to be a leader. When I look back at it, I think a lot of it had to do brief for me was to be really good at what I did every day. And then as opportunities presented themselves, 
I was fortunate enough to slide into those roles, but I probably didn't take the path that maybe some people do and say, I really want to do this job um, or be a leader. Um, I kind of got into it. and I like it a lot, obviously, and I love being in a leadership role, but didn't have a plan necessarily to do that when I got here. So was there a certain person or a certain time before you got into your first leadership position that you said, yep, I'm going to try that? I, I've looked up to several people in this organization over the years, many actually. Um, and I, John Coop would be somebody I would throw out. John, John, for people that don't know on the, on the podcast here, was our, what would be today our regional vice president for Sioux Falls Leadership. And I always admired John um, in the way he approached leadership. And I tried to emulate a lot of what he did. Um, and uh, so he was probably the one that turned me on to leadership first and foremost in Farm Credit Services of America. Is I, I saw what he did and the impact he had on people. And I said, I think I can do that. So would you say that, you know, making an impact on the teammates and the culture here would be one of your favorite parts of being a leadership? Or is there something else that is just like, yes, that's the reason I love being a leader? See, I, I think that's the that's one of the, the key questions you have to ask yourself if, if you're going to step into leadership is how do I find satisfaction? If, if I find satisfaction in, in, in having is, is based on what I do. What numbers I put up? What numbers? Uh, how many? How many? How many sales I make? How many customers am I handle? Um, if that's where your satisfaction comes from, which there's nothing against that, that probably doesn't align well with leadership. Leadership, you have to find satisfaction a different way, and you have to do it vicariously through others. You get your wins by seeing what Bree puts on for new business. How Bree wins new customers, the successes that you have, and knowing that you play a small part in making that happen. But really, the satisfaction comes from watching your overall team. There can be a lot of hesitation and fear when you're going into leadership for the first time. Um, what would you say was one of your biggest fears about going into leadership and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I, I'm probably the worst critic of all myself. I, I hold myself to a very, very high standard. Mm-hmm. And so part of uh, my journey into leadership was getting a little bit out of my own way, knowing that others probably saw something in me that said I could do the job where I stepped back and went, man, I don't know if I can do that. I remember when I took, even over the leadership of insurance for the first time, I was coming out of a production role as an insurance specialist. I was a title we used back then and stepping into leadership of insurance. And I, I said to myself, you know, I'm really good at putting business on. I'm not sure I can do leadership. And people would say to me, well, yeah, you can do that. And I probably didn't have that same level of confidence. It took me a while, uh, and I still battle it today. I, I, I have to to step back and 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 uh, really have a conversation with myself uh, and challenge myself to say, "You can do this." Uh, so that that's probably was the biggest hurdle was my own. But you said John had a lot of influence on becoming a leadership. So thinking of him or another mentor, favorite leader. Um, what traits did they exhibit and how do you try to model those traits as a leader? I think that there's a couple things I would point to with John specifically. I think John connected well. I, I always say, you know, you should be able to communicate up, down and across. Uh, I've said that for many, many years, which means it doesn't matter people's job title. We're all here trying to do this best we can every day to serve our customers and serve this organization. So, Breed, for me, it's it's about having and building those connections widely across the, the company is super important. I saw John do that. I saw how successful he was doing that. I, I tried to emulate that. I tried to have a broad network to tap into. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't intentional that I was trying to network to get the next job. To be genuinely interested in what they do, 
and what value they bring to the company because all of us bring that, right? Every one of us brings a certain level of, I mean, think about it, the people you work with, you couldn't do your job every day for you without a whole bunch of other people doing theirs, right? And acknowledging that is, is in, and understanding that is super important. And then a couple other leaders come to mind, but one of the things that they did that I thought was, they weren't just focused on what they did. They had a broad interest in what this organization was all about. I think that's a, it's a, it's a misstep a lot of times. People get very focused in on what's right in front of them. Um, so you're in insurance. Do you, do you pay attention to what goes on on the lending side? Do our lending teams pay attention to what's going on in the insurance? What's going on elsewhere in our organization? And I know all that takes time and it's tough when we're busy, but you're, you're not just an insurance, in your case, just an insurance. You're, you're a big part of this organization and, and take a broader interest in the organization. Yeah. And I like what you said about connecting with people because I was fortunate enough to have you as a leader in the Sioux Falls office. And, you know, those days where you come over to our pod and be like, insurance, what's going on? And, and just having a conversation with you made it easier to approach you as a leader. And I know prior leaders to come into Sioux Falls uh, did the same thing. And it, it just, it was a great way to connect with, with the teammates. I think one of the simple things people can, you know, my line, everybody will have their own. My line is tell me what's good. So I'll walk up and as I interact with folks, I, I start off with, tell me what's good. And, and what you'll see from that simple little question is they'll, they'll start with something positive usually, which is always a great way to start a conversation, right? So mm -hmm. tell me what's good. Well, yeah, okay, this is good in my world. If you get the, well, I got nothing good in my world right now, then you need to stop, sit down and, and, and probe a little more. Okay. Figure out what's going on. Body language is a big part of that. But for me, it was... Uh, it was my way of getting to know uh, people, but also getting to know what's really going on in the organization, where I can help, where I can provide that little boost to help them be successful. Um, so, you know, there's been so many leaders that have impacted me over the years as far as what they do. I probably couldn't write them all down if I tried, but um, I tend to take a little bit from everybody. And, and when I see new things, I, I take note. We'll see how, how people handle things. I saw something yesterday. I'll laugh about it a little bit, but... We were on a Zoom call and, and one of our senior leaders was running the, uh, the uh, spreadsheet and someone said, hey, why don't I just take that off your plate? You're, you know, then you can engage in the meeting. That was her nice way of saying, here, you're, you're really messing this up. You know, you're gonna, we're going to be here forever if we let you continue to drive. And we chuckled about it when she did it, but it was done so artfully well. And I thought, man, I got to learn that skill, how to, how to, how to gently uh, encourage others to change. So. Kind of looking back at the beginning of your career again, you know, we always say hindsight's 2020. Is there anything that you did early on that you that either made you better today or, or wish you would have done early, early on? Yeah, I, I have a great example for that, Bree. I so when I went from I was in Millbank as an ag loan officer and I got a chance to go up and manage a couple of branch banks in uh, Britain and Sicily. So I was 20 something and got to manage a, a couple of branch banks where there was, I basically was becoming a leader to people that had been in those branches for a long time. You know, they looked at me as some college kids and got slapped in here and now he's my boss. I, I looked at how I led through that and some of the challenges that I had. Um, I'll never forget, you know, there was, a, there was a moment where I had my agenda that I was trying to push and, and I didn't take the time to really understand where other people were at and through their lens and their point of view. And I didn't respect 
I didn't necessarily respect their opinions. And it did a lot of damage for me. And I had, to, I had to work very hard to earn that credibility back again. So what that taught me is I need to slow down a little bit. Even though I'm a very driven individual, I, I got to slow down. And even if it takes a little longer, we're going to do it right. And, and I, I had to apologize. And I'm the first to admit, you know, as a leader, a piece of advice I would give is never forget to, to be humble and admit when you make a mistake. It's okay. But we're going to make plenty of them. And um, we just need to, to let's own our mistakes and, and celebrate as well our victories, but let's own our mistakes too. So yeah, that, that would be the one I would point to. Every year we, we set our goals for personal professional development. Um, when you set your goals, how have those goals helped you become a, a better leader? Yeah, that's, there's a little mirror moments in there, I call them. It's where you, you look in the mirror and you try to evaluate where your weaknesses are. And sometimes, for me, it's not hard to point out those because I'm pretty self-critical. Um, what I would encourage everyone to do is if they're struggling figuring out where they need to go from a development standpoint, is I, I take a little bit of a, a simple exercise and I just draw a T on a piece of paper. And on the, on the left-hand side of the T, I'll write down all my strengths. And then on the right-hand side, I will write down where I'm challenged, where my weaknesses, what we call weaknesses or skills that need further enhancement. <laughs> Skills that need further enhancements a nice way to say weaknesses. But, but take some time and write those down and, and say, okay, how can I, and be honest, it's, a, it's an honest exercise. And I'll give you an example in a minute where mine is at, one of the ones I continue to work on every year. But, you know, take some time. And then for everyone that you write down over there, try to find one or two actionable steps that you can do to address those. It, it, it's worked for me for a long time uh, to do that. So the Ask me what's over on that side. One of, the, one of the biggest gaps that I have is I'm an ideator. I think about where we're going, how we're going to get there. And I, and I motivate people. I get them excited. But the piece that I missed is, okay, we all nodded our heads and said we were going to do this. Do I have a follow-up mechanism in place to make sure we did do that? Because my head will quickly go on to the next thing. And then I didn't follow up on the last. Well, my teams over the years have picked up on that. It's like, well, if I leave him alone long enough, he'll forget about it. He'll be on to the next thing, right? So um, it's a constant challenge of mine. Um, and it's, it's having follow-up mechanisms in place. So I, what I've done with that is I've literally blocked time on my calendar to address stuff like that. I try to put notes out far enough ahead to say, hey, did you follow up on that? Did you, did you, uh, did you do what you said you were going to do? Um, because that's a brand you don't want. You don't want to be that person that all they do is talk about the next thing and, and never finish the stuff that they started. So to me, that's a, that's a, a healthy exercise. So do you do that exercise with um, the people that you lead or how do you help them uh, achieve their goals? We, again, everybody's got to have their own process, right? You know, but I, but when people are struggling with their goals or there's a misalignment, you know, some people bring me, well, I want to focus on this. And if I say, well, yeah, but that's really not what you need to focus on in your career development. I'll give you my opinion. Now, you might take it a completely different way, but my opinion, you need to focus on this. I'll kind of refer back to that exercise. I also use that exercise a lot when people are interviewing for a position. Because mm -hmm. what question do you always get asked in an interview, right? Mm -hmm. Strengths and weaknesses, yep. right? Well, go in and be prepared about it for that. And, um, but really, it's a, it's, a, it's a mirror moment. It's not a 40,000-foot conversation. Mm -hmm. I need to be a better communicator. Well, that what you really want to focus on what's the tangible thing that I'm going to do or that I'm going to commit to do to, to improve 
by performance in light of that. So. Well, good. Um, a lot of great insight and, and things so far. Um, I'm just going to switch gears here for a minute and fire off some random questions sure. just so we get to know you better. Um, this first one is a very, very, very important question. Jackrabbits or coyotes? There's no, there's no <laughs> doubt in the answer to that. 100% jackrabbits. Uh, not, not a coyote fan. I have a hard time wearing red sometimes. Um, what is your favorite sport? Uh, this is an interesting question. I'm glad it's weird when you asked. I, that I, so my favorite sport growing up was football. Mm -hmm. But then I, my, my kids started playing soccer. And I coached soccer for 19 years. And I will tell you, I learned more coaching those kids than they ever got from me. There's so many similarities. And, and a message to the entire podcast group here is that if you get a chance to coach you sports, take it. It will teach you more about leadership. It will give you developmental skills that you've never had, that you never get exposed to any other way. And, uh, so I fell in love with the sport of soccer. Uh, I love baseball. I, there's not a sport I don't like. As a ball, I've either played or coached it. But uh, I've, I've developed a, a unique love for that game. Good, good. Um, is there a weird food combination that you really enjoy? So yeah, every that my wife would tell you, there's many. She looks at what I eat sometimes, and she thinks it's crazy. But uh, a lot of times, no matter what, it, whatever sandwich I make, I will either put cream cheese or jelly on it. Okay. It's kind of odd, but it's tasty. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um, chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Definitely chocolate. What is your favorite place to travel to? My wife and I've been traveling to the Caribbean, trying to do that a lot uh, over the last several years. Um, I think we've made six, seven trips there. Love that to death. Uh, we are going to be making a pivot to try to, to explore the rest of the world as the Caribbean here sometime soon. So I hope to find some new favorites. But right now, though, it's definitely the Caribbean. We've got a lot of fun family memories. We took the kids a lot when they were able to to go still go with us so that that was a lot of fun for us on a great memory. this episode's podcast ponder question is what decade either past or future would you choose to live in oh my that's a great <laughs> question my wife would tell you that she thinks i based on the old movies that i watched i should have been a cowboy right um, but you know, I, I enjoyed, I grew up in the eighties, um, for all of you, you know, you still listen to eighties music, admit it. You just do. Anytime you want to crank the radio up, it's usually an eighties song. So for me, the eighties were great. It was the worst time in agriculture, you know, for farm credit. Most people think of the eighties, but, uh, I grew up in the eighties, loved them. It was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun memories from that. So yeah, why not? 2020 was a year to remember for all of our teammates, um, but especially for you, you're transitioning from regional vice president of Southeast South Dakota to senior vice president of the North Business Development Unit, all amid this pandemic that's going on. Um, how did you need to adapt, not only because of your transition from RVP to SVP, but also from face-to-face -face interaction to now remote work? Yeah, I would tell you it was a challenge. Um, it, it, I never saw myself as someone who could work from home. Many times people have asked me, do you want to be home-based? And my answer is no. It probably goes back to some of the things we talked about before. I really thrive on that interaction uh, and getting to spend time, just the casual conversations in the hallway, mm -hmm. stopping at cubicles to chat and offices to chat. I, I lost all of that, right? So 
we had to replace it with a screen and those conversations. And, and I think it, 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 in my opinion, it hampered my effectiveness somewhat. Um, obviously, transition out of the RVP role to the SVP role um, was, I have a lot to learn. I still have a ton to learn. Um, I think uh, hats off to my peers, that uh, the other senior leaders, they've been tremendous in, in helping onboard me. Because no matter if you're you're starting new in this organization or you're moving into a role, there's an onboarding process. We all got to take time to learn. Uh, it was it was hampered by by Zoom and by COVID and all of that, but we were still effective. Um, we just had to learn. I had to learn a lot of. I mean, I hired uh, two RDPs, uh, business development via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, I met them face to face long after they were on board. Um, it probably taught us we could do things differently. Now, would I recommend that as the way to do it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, I think it's, as I've now, as we've been starved to get together and meet, as I've met with people face-to-face, um, I can tell you that uh, I'm more effective. I think they're getting more from the conversations. I'm getting a lot better feedback. And in order for me to be successful in my job, Bree, I've got to get that feedback, right? I got to stay grounded to what goes on every day. That's my job. And so, um, I, Zoom definitely hampered that, but I think as a company, though, Brian, I think you'd attest to this: is that I think we'll learn, have learned, we've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we'll do things differently. We won't go back to the way we always did things, but we won't go back to we won't be always a. a we should never be a, just a distant Zoom work from home because I think what makes this place special is the human interaction piece, our culture, which, um, by the way, leaders' number one job through the whole hiring process is to protect our culture. Bring the right people in the organization that allow our crew, our culture to to, to evolve, but enhance. And um, I, I'm pretty pretty big on that one when I talk to leaders about hiring. Make sure we're protecting the culture. I don't know if I answered your question, Bree, but you get me going on a tangent. I'll go for a while. It, it, 2020 was really a big perspective switch for right. a lot of people. Um, and I know that was one of the things that I took away from 2020 is instead of, you know, saying, oh, I have to do this, you know, I have to drop my kids off at school today. No, it's, it's now I get the opportunity I get to. So it's, it's just a little bit of that perspective switch. Um, what was kind of your biggest takeaway or what did you learn about yourself through the challenges we faced in this past year? Well, I, I definitely think I learned that my, what my priorities were prior to COVID and what my priorities are, you hit on the head. I mean, I think you rethought priorities. I, I think we also thought there was only one way to do business as a company. And I think we found out we can do business a lot of different ways and still be very effective. I think we, we thought our customers would really struggle in communicating and connecting with us. What we found is our customers are more agile and more nimble than what we thought. We opened up, I mean, I, I, I remember a, a customer that, that I never thought in the world would ever use technology. I mean, we're vacuum siding now, you know, we're using a smartphone, you know, instead of a flip phone. These are, these are things that people evolve and, and, and COVID forced us to, um, but maybe in a good way to, to, to try some new things. And, um, and I think it also challenged us a little bit too and, and brought out some of our, our, our challenges. I think when, when you're working from home and you're in your silo, um, people can, can lock down and, and forget about what's going on around them. And I think we get a pretty narrow focus when that happens. Um, you can kind of get negative at times. And so striking the right balance going forward is going to be critical for us. So you said earlier, you know, one of, one of the best ways to communicate and kind of think about things outside your position 
um, is to, you know, as me as an insurance officer, I need to get into the world of financial officer at some point. Um, what's a good way to get out of those siloed positions and to, you know, connect with the rest of the association? Yeah, so so doing things like what you're doing right here. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, have, a, have a learner mindset, you know, uh, that you're trying to take time. I mean, I... I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of things. I don't, I, I, that's why I'm so excited to do what we're doing here today. But challenge yourself to, to, to think outside of your current role. Engage others. Be inquisitive is the word I'm trying to come up with. So when you get an opportunity to sit down with a relationship officer or a financial officer or someone from our IT team or, you know, leadership, take the time, engage. It doesn't have to be, a planned exercise, but when you get a moment, pause and, 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 and take advantage of that moment. So when you, when you think about, we, we have a lot of specialized roles. Mm-hmm. Specialization has helped us be very efficient. It's helped us, it's raised the, the, the productivity of this company immensely, okay? Well, we can also let specialization trap us in a, in a very narrow silo. And I would throw back to you as, as a teammate, it kind of falls on you to say who's trapping you in that in that silo. Um, probably not, you know, not somebody else. It's you that's trapping you in. You have to challenge yourself to step back and say, "Yeah, I'm in a specialized role, but I can I contribute much broader than just my role. I need to be inquisitive and engaged outside of my role as well." And I think if we all do that, um, Bree, I think um, we'll be a better organization for it. And you as, an, as a teammate are, are, are going to be more uh, well-rounded and fulfilled by. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do one last question. Um, you know, besides connecting outside of your own position, what, is, what advice would you give to people to be a leader in their everyday role? Well, I think every one of us, first off, is a leader. Um, I'm not big on job titles. As a matter of fact, I, I kind of dislike job titles. <laughs> um, I think you know, we have a class, every, leadership is everyone's business. But truly, everyone is a leader um, in different ways. Some of our, our best leaders are some of our smartest folks. They just lead by example, right? Um, so when I think about what advice I would give to people who aspire to be leaders, view yourself as a leader. And what can I bring every day that is just a little bit more than what I brought the day before? How can I stretch myself? How can I look outside of my current role and say, well, I can add some value here. Um, those are little things. Um, but I'll also tell you, I'm going to step you back a little bit. I think it's super important for anybody that does have leadership. Uh, and even if they're, you got to let people know too, right? I've had many conversations with folks that said, you know, I, I'm interested in doing something in leadership someday. I said, have you had that conversation with your leader? Well, no, I, I, I'm not sure I want to do that. It doesn't mean you're going to be a leader tomorrow, but it's, it's part of it's just admitting it, right? I, I think I want to do that. Um, and, and start to have the dialogue of how might I explore certain things, certain ways of doing things that get, gain some experiences that would, maybe you're going to lead a cross-functional team. Maybe you're going to lead something within the team. Uh, step it, start stepping into some of those uncomfortable Situations kind of like what you're doing with me today here, Bree. It's an uncomfortable thing, but it's very developmental, right? It's developmental for me and for you. Absolutely. 
Um, so it, it's putting yourself in those uncomfortable spots, admitting that you want to try this leadership gig a little bit, dip your toe and see where it takes you. And probably the last advice I'd give people that aspire to be leadership, the first and foremost, just be a rock star at what you do in this company. You know, um, I, I, I think people say, geez, were you looking for the next job or the next job? No. You know, my, my, my focus has always been just do a really, really exceptional job at the, at the job you've given. Continue to keep your eyes wide open, continue to hone your skills. And oh, by the way, guess what? Good things are probably going to happen. And, the, and, and that's how I've kind of led my life and how it's worked for me. I don't know if it's for everyone. That's, no. I think you can follow that road. That's, well. that's great advice. That's great advice. Thank you, Wes, for joining us on the Strength in Your Roots podcast. Really enjoy talking to you about your journey, um, the trials and tribulations of the past year, and um, certainly appreciate your insights and your leadership. Uh, as always, we hope that today's podcast added value. For those listening, email dollar sign roots with questions, comments, feedback, ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Um, also, don't forget to answer the podcast ponder question on Yammer for a chance to win some Brett swag. Come back next month for our final episode in this leadership series. And don't forget to keep an eye out on the SharePoint site for upcoming events. Thank you again, Wes, for being with us today. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And everyone have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Strengthen Your Roots. We hope you'll join us again on our next episode. 